Welcome to Freshy Feed, a production of Friendlight Digital Media in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show, Freshy Feeders. This new episode focuses on Singapore with the nation back to phase 2 and this is not a nationwide lockdown nor a state of emergency from 8th of May to 30th of May. We will hear the full press conference with the multi-ministry task force in just a second but I do want to let you know in the interest of full disclosure that this order is provided through Mothership SG on YouTube. So we will put the link in the description box in the podcast so that you can watch it in full. Let's get to it now and listen to the full press conference. to this uh, press conference. In the past week, the number of uh, community cases has increased to 60, and among them, 40 so far are linked to the Tan Tok Seng Hospital cluster. We are testing all patients and visitors who had been at Tan Tok Seng Hospital on or after 18 April, including discharged patients and all 12,000 staff on campus. So far, <clears throat> Tan Tok Seng Hospital has completed testing all inpatients and the results have all been negative other than those whom we have already announced. Yesterday, we completed a second round of testing of these inpatients. And the results are pending. Some of them may be incubating and may become positive in the days ahead and we will continue to monitor them. Testing of Tan Tok Seng Hospital staff is in progress. So far, we have completed testing around 10,000 staff. We will give an update as and when the results are out. Our aim is to leave no stone unturned and try our best to find infected cases as early as possible. We are carrying out surveillance testing for individuals who have been to public places that the cases have visited during the infectious period. This can help us detect cases quickly so that we can ring-fence them and prevent further transmission in the community. I understand many turned up at our regional screening centres yesterday and had to wait their turn to be tested. I thank Singaporeans for their understanding and we will continue to improve our process. Over the past week, Tan Tok Seng Hospital has progressively implemented measures to reduce the risk of further transmission and free up more manpower to take care of our patients, including seizing emission of new inpatient cases until further notice. For patients seeking specialist outpatient clinic services, Tan Tok Seng Hospital will defer the appointments of stable cases and initiate teleconsultation and medication delivery where appropriate. Other institutions in the healthcare family are stepping up to ensure continuity of care for Tan Tok Seng's patients. I thank them for their support and for rallying together to help one another. The Ministry of Health has worked with public and private hospitals to activate various capacity management and load balancing measures so that patients requiring care will continue to be attended to. For example, from 3rd May, some hospitals have started deploying doctors, nurses and allied health professionals to assist Tan Tok Seng in attending to their existing patients. Even as we are progressive, progressive, aggressively tracing and testing for this cluster, we are also preparing the healthcare system 
for any potential rise in community cases and emer emergence of new clusters. We hope it will not happen, but we must be prepared for it. For example, the Ministry of Health has asked all our hospitals to, to de defer non-urgent surgeries and admissions, as well as non-urgent SOC appointments until further notice, where applicable teleconsultation and alternative care arrangements will be put in place until the situation stabilises. Our healthcare workers are on the front line fighting the virus every day and caring for our patients. I hope Singaporeans will rally around them, especially those from Tan Tok Seng Hospital and the National Centre for Infectious Diseases, and show them the well-deserved support that they need. A kind word of encouragement or thoughtful deed goes a long way to boost their morale during these difficult times. The cluster at Tan Tok Seng is a reminder that the situation can change and escalate quickly. Beyond this cluster, community cases have also risen over past weeks. We therefore need to step up efforts to keep the community safe and break the chain of transmission by, redu by reducing interactions in the community and in the workplaces. The multi-ministry task force will therefore put in place additional measures from 8 May to 30th May. And my co-chair, Minister Lawrence Wong, will provide more details in a short while. We will continue to monitor the situation very closely. Depending on the local COVID situation, we may introduce more measures if there is a need to do so. Vaccination continues to be an important strategy in our fight against COVID-19. The COVID-19 vaccine is effective in preventing symptomatic disease for the vast majority of those vaccinated, but it does not eliminate the risk of infection completely. Locally, we have seen some cases who have been infected despite completing the full doses of vaccination. But because of vaccination, these cases are either asymptomatic or had mild symptoms, and none has required oxygen so far. Therefore, vaccination remains an important tool to help lower the risk of infection and severe disease. These cases are also a useful reminder that vaccination is one out of a suite of public health and safe management measures that need to work in tandem to reduce the risk of transmission of COVID-19. We must expect that our journey during this COVID-19 pandemic will not always be smooth sailing and we will, uh, that we will progress always in one direction. There will be periods when we need to tighten our measures and we need to be nimble in our response and be prepared to adjust measures as the situation evolves. The additional measures will only work if everyone adheres to them and continues to be socially responsible. The next few weeks will be critical for us, so let us all play our part and keep one another safe. The silver lining is that we have successfully brought our cases down before and we can do it again, so long as we work together. Let me just say a few words in Mandarin. 大家下午好。近日的社区病例增加了许多，我们所以我们必须加强防范措施，才能够保障社区的安全，阻断病毒的传染。跨部门工作小组因此从八五月八号到五月三十号将实行额外的措措施调整。群聚人数的顶线也提高了在家办公的比例 
，黄信才部长待会儿会进一步的向大家说明。我们一方面加强防范措施，另一方面也必须继续鼓励国人接种疫苗，因为接种疫苗是我们对抗疫情的一个重要的策略。冠病疫苗有助于接种者在感染的时候避免他们出现严重的症状。当然，接种疫苗。不能百分百的避免一个人被感染。本地已经有一些病患，虽然已经完成了所有所需的疫苗剂量，但还是被感染了。但是，正因为他们接种了疫苗，所以他们当中有些人是完全没有症状的，另一些人的症状则是轻微的。到目前为止，这些病患也无需额外的氧气供应，所以接种疫苗仍然是一个非常重要的环节。有助降低人们对受感染和出现严重疾病的风险。这些病例也提醒了我们，这种病苗疫苗是我们一系列公共卫生和安全管理措施当中的其中的一环。这些措施必须同时进行，才能够发挥作用，才能降低病毒传播的风险。所以我希望在这里再一次的鼓励大家尽早去接种疫苗，特别是我们当中。年长的，因为他们所面对的风险最高，所以要趁机在及早、及及及时去接种疫苗，保护自己，保护家人。让我们一起来努努努力控制病情，保障大家的安全。接着下来，让我邀请我们的医药总监，呃 ，Professor 呃 Kenneth Mark 向大家讲解，呃，近日的这个病情的情况。Prof. Thank you very much, Minister. As of the 4th of May uh, 2021, uh, the Ministry of Health has preliminarily confirmed five new cases of locally transmitted COVID-19 infection, all of whom were detected from our proactive testing of patients, visitors and staff at the Tan Tok Seng Hospital or their close contacts and had already been placed uh, on quarantine. And based on our investigation so far, uh, the cases uh, are in the community and there are no new cases in the dormitories. In addition, there are 12 imported cases who had already been on stay-home notice upon arrival in Singapore. So in total, there are 17 new cases of COVID-19 infection in Singapore today. We're still working through much of the details of these cases, and further updates will be shared via the press release that we will issue uh, later tonight. We have uh, been performing phylogenetic testing of all COVID-19 infections, uh, uh, which we had uh, obtained uh, in Singapore, uh, which had su uh, sufficient viral samples. As of the 3rd of May 2021, we had detected 29 local cases with either variants of interest or variants of concern are identified. This includes eight local cases with the B1351 variant, uh, sometimes known as the South African variant, seven local cases with the B16172 variant, and this is also uh, known as one of the Indian variants. Three local cases with the P1 or Brazilian variant. Three local cases with the B16171, another Indian variant. And one local case with the B1525, and that's a, a UK variant. There were also seven other cases with the B117 uh, or UK variant. In addition, there were four reinfection cases with the B1351 or South African variant. Of note, seven cases in three of our local clusters 
have the B1617 2 or Indian variant. And these viruses isolated in each of the clusters have been found to be phylogenetically distinct. Now, this means that there are other variations that have been detected in the makeup of these viruses in each of these clusters, which are different from each other, suggesting that the clusters are not linked. Five of these cases are part of the cluster at Tan Tok Seng Hospital. One case in another cluster was the IC officer deployed at Changi Airport Terminal 1. And a case in the third cluster is a cleaner deployed at the CCF at Tuas South. And further details, again, will be provided in the press release this evening. We have not completed the phylogenetic testing of all cases that we have, and we are likely to see more viral variants identified over time. All necessary public health action has been taken promptly to isolate and ring fence all these cases. And given the possible increased transmissibility of new viral variants, it is necessary for us to take tighter measures to mitigate further risk of spread in both our healthcare institutions and in the rest of Singapore. The presence of these viral variants of concern amongst our local cases affirms our strategy to vaccinate all healthcare workers and prioritise vaccination for older Singaporeans. Had we not done so, the Tantoxane cluster would have been significantly larger at this time and the likelihood of that cluster getting out of control that much greater. This is therefore a reminder to all of us that we should get ourselves vaccinated and protected when our time comes and we cannot afford to be complacent. I looked at the 40 cases that we had reported in the Tantoxane cluster. Eight patients who had been, uh, eight cases who had been vaccinated were either asymptomatic or exhibited very mild symptoms and none required oxygen therapy. Of those not protected by vaccination, seven of the 20 had need of oxygen therapy. And we are aware that one patient, unfortunately, has passed on. Based on the early phylogenetic information that's available to us, the cluster is due to a viral variant, but the vaccine appears to have done relatively well against it. In those tested and had received the full vaccination in our testing, they had demonstrated evidence of antibodies to the spike protein, which demonstrates a good response to vaccination. But as Minister has shared, vaccination does not prevent you from getting infected 100%, but it will safeguard you from getting a severe infection and it protects, provides some protection in limiting further transmission. We're still not out of the woods as far as the Tantoxin cluster is concerned and we remain vigilant in looking out for more cases amongst patients who remain in the hospital, among the staff at the hospital, and in those who are presently under quarantine. The measures that are, will be announced in a short while will help reduce further our transmission of infection in the community and help us to return to the situation we enjoyed for several months at the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021. And we can all do our part by being disciplined in our mask wearing and adherence to safe distancing measures. Thank you. Uh, good evening. As you know, we have been continuing to monitor the interna international situation carefully. And globally, the virus situation continues to worsen, especially with new variants that are more infectious. 
Uh, the new cases are rising in many countries, especially in the South Indian continent, but now they are spreading also to Southeast Asia. So far, we have kept our borders tight with a stay-home notice or SHN regime of 14 days for travellers coming to Singapore. When we saw new variants from specific countries, for example, the United Kingdom, South Africa and India, we lengthened the stay-home notice or SHN for these countries to 21 days. It's not because the new variants have longer incubation periods. In fact, there is no evidence that the new variants have long incubation periods. But the purpose of lengthening the SHN at that time was to minimize the risk of having more variant cases leaking into our community. Since then, the global situation has worsened and we are seeing new variants, not just from these specific countries, because the variants are likely to have spread all over the world. So we have to tighten our border measures further and we will make two additional moves which will take effect from 7th of May 2359. First, we will lengthen the SHN duration from 14 days to 21 days for travellers coming in from higher risk countries or regions. Second, where it comes to uh, the definition of travel history, today uh, our border measures are determined based on the travellers' recent travel history in the past 14 days. So likewise, we will now extend that to the past consecutive 21 days. So 21 days in terms of your travel history, and then when you come into Singapore from a higher risk country or region, the SHN will likewise be extended to 21 days. Um, we are adopting this more stringent border measure up till the end of May, Beyond, at that time, we will do a further review depending on the global situation and our local situation and we will continue to update and fine-tune our border measures. So that's the first set of changes we are making around our border control measures. Uh, within our community, we have also taken several steps to tighten last week to ring fence the cases and to control the spread. And as you, see, as you have seen, reported in the last few days, we've picked up many cases that are linked to the Tan Tok Seng Hospital cluster. Both the Tan Tok Seng Hospital cluster and the ICA cluster, incidentally, are also um, variants associated with the Indian mutant, as you have heard just now from DMS. Uh, the new variant strains have higher attack rates, they are more infectious, they are causing larger clusters than before. We have tried our best to ring-fence the cases through contact tracing, but we must assume that there are still hidden cases out there in the community. And we must also recognise that we are dealing with a new variant or variants that are more infectious and are likely to cause larger clusters. So we need to tighten our measures within our community too. And we will do so from the 8th of May to 30th of May. It covers several key events and public holidays. Mother's Day is coming this weekend, Hari Raya next week, Visak Day, 
on the last week of May. So I recognise that this will cause considerable inconvenience to everyone, but I hope we all understand why we need to put in place these tighter measures. Let me summarise quickly what these tighter measures are. First, the current permissible group size will be reduced from eight persons to five persons. That means that when you go out, whether it's for a meal, for social gatherings, no longer eight persons, five persons. Likewise, the cap of distinct visitors per household per day will be reduced from eight to five. We had earlier said that individuals should have keep to two or less social gatherings per day, whether visiting another household or meeting with family or friends in a public place, so that still remains. But the group size will be reduced from eight to five. Second, we will require more people to work from home rather than go back to the office. Today, up to 75% of employees who are able to work from home may be allowed to return to the workplace. We will tighten that from 75% to 50%. Third, we will reduce event sizes uh, across the board for a whole range of different events. So live performances, for example, um, we had allowed up to 750. We will now bring it down to 250. Uh, Pre-event testing will be required for all attendees of these events if there are more than 100 attendees. So the cap is 250. If you have 100 persons, there is no need for pre-event testing. If you go beyond 100, the cap is 250 and pre-event testing will be required for such events and performances. Likewise, for congregational and worship services, the same would apply. The cap is 250. If you have not more than 100, then there is no need for pre-event testing. But so long as you go beyond that, you are limited to 250 and pre-event testing must apply. In addition, we had earlier allowed congregational singing in religious settings, but we will now suspend that particular uh, measure. For weddings, we are applying a slightly tighter restriction because in a wedding setting, the risks are higher. People are gathered together without masks and eating. So, the maximum cap remains at 250 with pre-event testing, but if there is no pre-event testing, then we will apply a stricter cap of 50 persons, not 100, but 50 persons. For funerals, attendees will be limited to, on the day of the burial cremation, they will be limited to no more than 30 persons. That's down from 50 persons. And for the days of the wake, it remains at 30 attendees at any one time. Uh, for spectator sports and participation sporting events, as a new requirement, all such mass participation sports events will be suspended and no spectators will be allowed. Next, um, we also recognise that there are some settings which are of higher risk. This is from international experience. It's also from our own local experience. And such settings are typically where there is a high density of people who are unmasked and in close proximity with one another, often for prolonged periods. Um, the good example will be settings like indoor gyms and indoor fitness studios. So we will close 
such indoor gyms and indoor fitness and health studios during this period of heightened alert. Outdoor exercise activities and programs may still continue, subject to a class size that's smaller than before. We used to allow 50. We will now reduce that to 30 attendees in total with safe distancing measures in place. We had also earlier announced that uh, Trace Together Only Safe Entry will be implemented from 1st of June. That's where you enter um, public venues with a high throughput of visitors. You use the Trace Together app or token to enter these venues. So the start date was originally planned for 1st of June. We will now bring that forward to 17th of May. Effectively, when you look at the range of measures, which I've just given a summary of, the measures will bring us back to phase two for a few weeks, from 8th of May to 30th of May. This is not a circuit breaker. We certainly hope not to have to invoke another circuit breaker, but we have proposed a rather a quite a stringent and very tight set of measures so that we can respond robustly and preemptively to the latest set of uh, latest outbreak of clusters and do our best to snuff them out early and reduce the likelihood of having to impose more drastic measures down the road. So we seek everyone's cooperation to comply with the latest set of rules, not just the letter of the law, but the spirit of it. So for example, even though the start date of these measures is set on 8th of May, and that's to give businesses, enterprises, uh, organizations time to adjust, uh, we ask everyone to start, co in fact, doing your part with immediate effect. Starting to tonight, um, Try to scale back your activities as much as possible, scale back your social interactions, and stay home to the extent you can. Meanwhile, for those who are medically eligible, we would strongly encourage you, as Minister Gan had said just now, to get yourself vaccinated, get your booking slots early as soon as possible, and get yourself vaccinated. Uh, we have been able to bring down infection rates. We have been able to keep the infection under control before. We can certainly do it again, working together and get back on track with our reopening plans. May we now have the first question from SD. Timothy, please. Thank you, Ministers, GMS. Uh, now, Minister Wong earlier mentioned that we certainly hope not to have to implement a circuit breaker, and uh, I can understand that sentiment. But the number of unlinked cases right now is about the same as when we first entered the circuit breaker. We currently have about 10 active clusters, almost on par with what we had uh, when the circuit breaker was announced last April. Given that the circuit breaker did work the last time, why are we choosing to tighten measures in a phased approach rather than taking a full measure of another circuit breaker? And Given that the situation has been worsening over the last few weeks, will Minister Gunn consider extending his stay in the MTF or is staying on an advisory role? Thank you. Well, we are monitoring the situa situation very carefully 
And if you look at the indicators in terms of unlinked cases, and more carefully in terms of this, what we are picking up from the Sentinel surveillance, I wouldn't say that the situation is where we were bef like where before we entered the circuit breaker last year. Our public health experts who have been monitoring this very carefully would liken it more to the early phase when we entered into the um, COVID-19 outbreak and we were seeing a sprinkling of community cases throughout our community. Right? Maybe more like the situation um, February, March, rather than um, right before the circuit breaker. So there is a qualitative difference in the situation assessment by our public health experts. That's one. Number two, we also have far better capabilities today compared to then. We have more testing capabilities. We also have better contact tracing capabilities where we are able to move in faster, identify the potential close contacts and even the, out, the wider ring of our possible exposures and get everyone tested so that we can more quickly ring fence the cases and prevent further spread of the virus. So I think if you look at where we are today, it is not quite the same as the situation before the circuit breaker. We think we are able to snuff out the current outbreak of clusters and bring things under control. But as an additional preemptive step, we are taking this move that we have just described, bringing the whole suite of measures back to phase two and taking a much tighter posture overall. And we believe that if we do that and if everyone cooperates from now to 30th of May or end of May, we have a good chance of bringing cases down and getting things back on control. Thank you. I think it's important for us um, uh, to clarify that uh, we have not ruled out the possibility of a circuit breaker. Certainly we hope that we won't get there and we must do what we can uh, with this uh, set of measures that we've just announced and with the cooperation and support of all Singaporeans, I think we probably will be able to avoid having to get to a circuit breaker situation. But we cannot rule that out and that is why we will continue have to remain vigilant and monitor the situation and adjust our measures uh, as we go along. Uh, just now you also asked uh, whether I'm going to stay on in a uh, multi-ministry uh, task force. I have to say that uh, we have uh, scheduled uh, for me to uh, change, uh, to move on to a Ministry of Trade and Industry. Uh, but I have been discussing with uh, my co-chair, Minister uh, Lawrence Wong, as well as uh, the incoming uh, Minister for Health, uh, Mr. Ong Yi Kang. And uh, we discussed how we can ensure continuity. And we have agreed that we will continue to work together as a team. The three of us will uh, continue to be involved in the uh, MTF and we will continue to share and support one another as we go ahead. So I think uh, not to worry, even if I have been uh, moved to the Ministry of Trade and Industry, I will continue to work with the other two co-chair uh, in order to make sure that uh, there's continuity in the work of the multi-ministry task force. Thank you, Ministers. Can we have the next question from Chao Pao? Tzu Peng, please. 
Hi, good evening, ministers and DMS. This is Chi Peng from Zaobao. Um, firstly, could the ministers assess how serious is our current situation? And also for the situation in Tan Tosing Hospital, may we know why is the transmission so widespread? Is it because um, patients and visitors were not wearing masks in the wards, as it has been reported in several media interviews? And my last question, since these tighter measures would last till 30th May, uh, would this affect our travel bubble arrangement with Hong Kong on 26th May? Thank you. I must say that uh, we take uh, this uh, current situation very seriously and it is a serious uh, uh, cluster that we are seeing and not just one cluster, we have several clusters emerging uh, concurrently. And therefore, that's why we have to introduce uh, additional measures to prevent further spread of the transmission. And we hope that all Singaporeans will also take this uh, seriously and uh, let's work together. Uh, these measures are, are my no, by no means uh, easy and I'm sure it's quite imposing or many of us, some of the activities have to be cancelled, postponed or scaled down and many uh, businesses uh, may be uh, affected, they have to make adjustments and therefore we don't take this uh, lightly but I think uh, if we work together we will be able to keep the situation under control. i ask uh, DMS to talk about the situation in uh, Tantoxin specifically. Thank you Minister. We have uh, been uh, studying this and we continue uh, our epidemiological investigations. These are not completed yet, so we will not be able to give you a definitive uh, response at this stage. But we are looking at various possibilities. Of course, you have mentioned one. Is it because of uh, not wearing masks or uh, a lack of uh, discipline in maintaining, uh, uh, discipline in infection control? Uh, well, that is one possibility that we always look at. But we did note that there was a... Uh, clustering of cases really around one uh, single ward, that is 1D, one delta, uh, 9 delta or 9D. Uh, and uh, we are exploring the possibility that there are other local influences, particularly uh, related to the ward, that may have also influenced to a super spreading event occurring uh, leading to these uh, cases. Uh, so we are studying the possibility that there may be uh, issues with the airflow and ventilation in the ward among uh, various other hypotheses that we are entertaining. So until the studies are complete, we will not be able to give a definitive response, uh, but we are exploring all possibilities and we are taking precautions accordingly uh, as we manage existing patients admitted in Tan Tok Seng Hospital. Um, on the question of the air travel bubble, I think we mentioned the last time around that there is a set of uh, indicators that we use to decide whether or not the bubble will proceed or whether or not it will be suspended. That's at the sort of very measurable set of indicators based on unlinked cases. But beyond that, uh, both sides, Singapore and Hong Kong, continue to remain in touch. We will monitor the situation and we will uh, review and assess whether or not uh, there will be any changes and make a uh, give updates in due course. Thank you, Ministers, DMS, members of media. Just a gentle reminder to ask only one question so as to allow more to participate. Can we get the next question from CNE? Deborah, please. Hi, good evening, Ministers and DMS. Thanks for taking my question. So my question is uh, for Mr. Wong. Now, you've made it very clear that this isn't a circuit breaker, but what are the indicators uh, that the government would be looking at closely and what levels must they cross for us to return to circuit breaker days? Uh, for instance, are we expecting any tightened measures for schools? Thank you. There will be some tightening around the school uh, sort of based measures, be it um, the suspension of the school games as well as some a tightening of the safe management 
measures that will be um, put in place as part of this return uh, back to phase two, which we are putting in place from now to 30th of May. And that one, MOE will release the details separately. Uh, as to whether or not these measures are adequate, whether we, should, whether we might have to go further, as Minister Gan said just now, we never rule out the need for tighter measures or even the possibility that we might have to go back to a circuit breaker. But based on the assessment of the situation, based on where we think we are today, a very, um, you know, the clusters that have formed, the cases that we have seen, um, we think these measures are already, already these measures that you know, allow, bring us all the way back to phase two are already a very strong preemptive move that potentially, if we do it well, potentially can arrest and snuff out the hidden cases that are even in our midst. Well, I mean, there is no guarantee, of course, that this will be sufficient, so we will have to monitor the situation over the next few days and weeks. If there are more unlinked cases, if new clusters emerge, um, and we all know that based on the experience so far, the cases that we are seeing popping up are due to the new variants, they are more infectious, and larger clusters are forming. As compared to, say, months ago, where we did have unlinked cases, but then you would have one or two, and they would stop there. You wouldn't have such big clusters. This doesn't seem to be the case more recently with the ICA cluster and the Tan Tok Seng Hospital cluster. We hope we will have contain these clusters and with the new measures we would be able to slow down the spread but if new unlinked cases continue to pop up new large clusters continue to emerge in the coming days and weeks then certainly uh, we will not hesitate to take even more stringent measures even the possibility of having to enter another circuit breaker down the road but we let's try our best um, to avoid that um, scenario and let's all do our part first to, as I said, comply with the new measures, the latest set of measures and do it not just following the letter of the law but do it in, in the spirit of it. So do our best to minimise our social interactions and activities and stay home as much as possible. That will certainly help reduce the chances of new cases emerging. Thank you, Minister. Can we get the next question from Reuters? Chen Lin, please. Good evening, Ministers and DMS. So currently, of all the infected persons in um, TTSH and ICA clusters, how many are fully vaccinated and which vaccine brand they took respectively? And does the latest outbreak in Singapore shed any fresh light on uh, vaccine's ability to cut transmissions? Thank you. Thank you very much for the question. Uh, I have uh, information with me concerning the Tan Tok Seng cluster. I don't have uh, all information about the cluster around the ICA officer, but we'll try and give you uh, some information in due course. Uh, of the 40 individuals that we have uh, identified associated with the Tan Tok Seng cluster, um, we've had nine individuals who are fully vaccinated, and these are uh, mainly staff uh, in the hospital 
And as I mentioned, uh, well, seven of them are staff in the hospital, two of whom are patients, uh, all of whom uh, were uh, relatively asymptomatic or had mild symptoms. There were uh, 24 individuals that uh, either were not vaccinated or had uh, at most one vaccine dose. Uh, of these, uh, three were staff members, 14 were patients, and seven were either visitors or caregivers associated with patients who had been admitted into the hospital. So that gives you that total of uh, 40 that were present. Uh, they were vaccinated with a mix of, uh, of the two different uh, vaccines. As you know, we vaccinate uh, with either the Pfizer vaccine or Moderna. The majority of, uh, of uh, people who were vaccinated were vaccinated with the Pfizer vaccine, but there were uh, at least one individual, I remember, I'll have to check uh, the further details, but at least one of the individuals uh, had a Moderna vaccine uh, administered. Thank you, DMS. Can we get the next question from Wan Pao? Kang Wei, please. Uh, hi, Minister and DMS. This is Kang with Wan Pao. Uh, as previously shared, some cases in the TTSH cluster, actually some have carried the Indian variant. And we also see that there's numerous confirmed locally transmitted cases who have returned to Singapore earlier in the year and were only tested positive during departure. So would the Minister want to give like a review if the closure of border could have been done sooner? And if the Ministry is looking at people who have returned since early this year to go for either voluntary or compulsory COVID testing as well for to do a more preemptive check. Thank you. Okay. Um, can you repeat the second part of your question? I didn't quite catch it. Uh, because there has been some case, uh, a lot of cases that have been tested negative and it came into Singapore but tested positive during departure. So is there would there be any action taken to preemptively maybe ask them to go for either compulsory or voluntary COVID test to see whether we have more like cases in the community without knowledge? Got it. Thank you. Well, on travel, I think we should, again, look at the broader picture. Unlike some large or resource-rich countries that can more or less shut their borders for a long time, uh, Singapore cannot afford to do so. Certainly not for a prolonged duration of a uh, prolonged duration of time. Why? Because we are small, we do not have insufficient resources. We need migrant workers to build our homes. We need migrant workers ac across a wide range of essential services for our own needs. We need migrant workers to care for our elderly. And so it's really very hard for us to close our borders permanently. Instead, we have always taken a risk-based approach in managing our borders from the start. How do we do so? Number one, we control the inflows of arrivals. So if you look at the situation today, say from January to now, the overall number of inflows have been about stable, sometimes a bit more, sometimes a bit less, but overall, it's been about stable. In fact, it's been coming down. This was even before we started restricting arrivals from India. We have already been very tight to the point that the backlog of applications from companies and from potential employers here in Singapore has been growing significantly, considerably, and to the point where that, you know, many projects have been suffering from delays, as all of us know. And more recently, when we restricted the flow of workers from India and from the entire South Indian continent, including Bangladesh, it means 
considerable delays will be added to all our projects. Some of our housing projects, BTO projects, may now well be delayed up to a year or more. So it does come at considerable cost to Singaporeans. Number two, beyond controlling the inflow and keeping it very tight, as we have been doing, and then even more so recently, uh, we have always had a stay-home notice regime. So the migrant workers coming in or the inflows coming in do not come in without any isolation. They come in, they have to serve a stay-home notice regime. And we have been progressively tightening the regime over the last few months, not only recently, but even in the past, for the workers coming in in the construction, marine and process sectors, we already put in place a 21-day SHN. Before today's announcement of extending the SHN across the board to 21 days, the workers in the CMP sectors were already serving a 21-day isolation in the SHN facility and the onboarding centers. And we were testing them more regularly in order to pick up the infected cases. Thirdly, we prioritized the vaccination of officers who were working on our borders and checkpoints in order to minimize and reduce the risk of transmission. So we have put in place all of these measures from last year all the way till now. But despite these measures, we know that there are leaks into the community from time to time. We knew that this risk could happen. Even, for example, in a, in a country like China, where they have also very tight border measures, I read a report recently where they said that the Indian variants had likewise leaked into several cities and have been picked up in several cities. So the point is, we continue to keep our border measures as tight as possible, but we cannot rely solely on border controls. Uh, we have to make use of other tools at our disposal. Testing, tracing, safe management measures, and now vaccination. And if we do all of this well, then we can control the spread of the infection in our community. And the same, the same work will then happen for uh, the, the question was asked about cases that came in earlier, much earlier. They completed their SHN, tested negative, but when, when they were going back to whatever countries they came from, when they did a pre-departure test, um, they tested positive. Uh, we don't quite know what um, these cases are because there are two possibilities. Number one, they could have been infected within the community. It's quite possible that they picked it up within the community because you know, the, the virus still circulates in the community. They could, they could have picked it up. Number two, it could be an older infection, and so they are intermittent shedders, right? And they were negative at the point of exit from SHN, but when they returned to their country, they tested positive because they are intermittent shedders, so less likely to be infectious. So there are a range of possibilities that um, could apply. Uh, so we are examining all of these possibilities. We are continuing to make sure that our SHN facilities are tight, but at the same time, we have to make sure that within the community, we take all the necessary precautions and safeguards, which is why we are now making this additional move to tighten our community measures. 
To extend uh, Minister's uh, uh, reply, uh, we've also been looking at uh, any potential situation where we might be missing cases uh, that may come in, uh, although we have a very robust SHN isolation and testing regime at this stage. So one example of a study that we've launched is uh, looking at recovered travellers, who uh, recovered cases or travellers coming into Singapore. We've not uh, 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 discounted the possibility that some of these recovered uh, travellers might in fact have reinfections and therefore uh, uh, bring that in uh, and, and pose a, a, a threat to us. So a study is in progress right now looking at recovered uh, travellers to see whether any of them in fact are in this category of reinfections uh, we've uh, previously picked up some of such cases, but so far in those that previously had passed through us and have been categorized as recovered uh, travelers, uh, we've not picked up any uh, uh, other signs of a, a recent infection. So it appears as if so far, up to this time, that concern uh, is, is, is there, but we've not actually seen other cases now coming out beyond those that we've already picked up. Thank you, Minister DMS. Can we get the next question from Channel 8? Su Xuan, please. Hello, good evening, Ministers. Uh, Xuan here. Uh, with regards to the TTSH cluster, so MOH actually encourage individuals with possible exposure to get their swab test done, but uh, it's not mandatory. However, some companies have made it mandatory, and that's why we see a lot of employees rush to get their swab test yesterday and cause a very long queue. So is MOH going to make this uh, mandatory where uh, so there's no misalignment of directive to all these uh, possible exposure uh, individuals? And also about the Shangri-La dialogue which will take place in June. So it's only four days uh, after, the, after our new measures validity. So is there any uh, adjustment or any uh, to that did. Uh, thank you very much for your questions. I'll, I'll take that first question first. Um, uh, indeed, we've uh, invited anyone uh, who might have visited the hospital uh, to come in. Uh, these are people who are at lower risk. Uh, the only risk exposure is the fact they had visited the hospital. In fact, everyone that we uh, identify as at a higher risk, for example, they've come in, they've gone into the wards, they visited the wards of concern, they are caregivers or visitors or specifically of patients uh, in that ward, we've already placed them under quarantine. And indeed, uh, as we pick up these additional cases, they're all uh, people under quarantine. Uh, but we understand that we have many other people who are worried, anxious, even though their risk is low. And this is the reason why we uh, uh, also invited them uh, to get themselves tested, if only to assure them that despite the fact they had visited Tan Tok saying they are, they are, they are okay. Uh, and and uh, there's no need to make this mandatory, uh, but uh, we would uh, allow them uh, to come forward to any of our regional swab testing centers or PHPC uh, uh, clinics which can do swab testing, and they can uh, go to any of these centers uh, and get themselves tested. Uh, the, those whom we've already identified with that uh, sort of increased risk simply because they had visited the hospitals at the, the, the relevant time periods uh, would have received a message from us inviting them to come forward uh, and uh, indeed, as they come forward, as they identify themselves, uh, we would uh, um, uh, perform that test uh, uh, without uh, any additional charge. And this is really to give them that uh, peace of mind. Uh, with respect to companies making it compulsory to their employees to get themselves tested uh, because of this uh, same risk 
we don't think it's necessary to make it mandatory from our point of view, but we understand that there are some companies that want to give further peace of mind to their employees and, and, uh, and uh, ask all of them to do so. Uh, we certainly wouldn't object to it, but it's not necessary at this stage for all companies to make this mandatory. Uh, with regard to the Shangri-La Dialogue, or for that matter, any other events that are going to be planned in the coming months, I think they will just have to monitor the situation very carefully and stay up to date based on the latest advisories and guidelines. Because the situation is so fluid, it's moving you know, by the day, by the week. Uh, we really don't know what will happen in the next few weeks. It may worsen, we may have to do more, in which case you know, some of these events may, be, may have to reconsider um, the proposition of doing it physically or it may well improve and then you know, we may be able to exit after the 30th of May and then get back to something closer eventually to phase three. So because it's fluid, it's uncertain, I, we are keeping in touch with all of the organizers providing the latest information and then likewise the organizers in due course will have to consider the options available based on the latest situation and they will I'm sure provide updates uh, to all the attendees. Thank you DMS Minister. Can we get the next question from today? Peyting please. Yes, um, hi ministers. Uh, maybe understand. Uh, uh, earlier you mentioned that uh, the investigations are still ongoing, but maybe understand whether uh, there was any particular issue with existing SOPs at Tan Tong Seng uh, Sing Hospital that uh, led to the clusters formation. Uh, secondly, we also heard that there were some uh, hotels that had some uh, staycation guests uh, 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 that told their staycation guests to uh, cancel their their reservations in the coming month. Uh, so, um, because they are saying that they are assisting the government in uh, COVID nineteen efforts, maybe find out more whether hotels are affected. Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Um, in the initial investigation so far, we have not identified any specific breach uh, in uh, processes and protocols uh, that uh, Tantor Singh had put in place and required its staff to, to, to carry out. But of course, uh, investigations are still ongoing, uh, and until we complete those investigations, I will not be able to give you a definitive reply to that particular question. Uh, it's a bit difficult for us to comment about uh, uh, several guests com uh, cancelling their stay, their staycation stay in uh, local hotels, and that could be for a variety of different reasons. Indeed, sometimes it could be that they have other work commitments that have now suddenly arisen. They could be participating uh, in the, uh, the efforts to help to manage the outbreak, but without further information, it's a bit difficult for us to tell. Uh, certainly, we've not picked up any indicators to suggest that there's now a deluge of cancellations occurring in our hotels. Uh, and, and, uh, and, uh, um, and at this stage, uh, no, no uh, signals that we're getting that this is a problem. Uh, I think uh, maybe the, the question was misunderstood. We are trying to understand whether there is a directive uh, to hotels to uh, get their guests sure. to cancel their staycations. I understand. Well, what we are doing is really to build up sufficient SHN capacity, especially now that we are extending the SHN duration to 21 days. Uh, so STB is, it, I mean, all the agencies that are overseeing this SHN uh, facilities are, I'm sure, engaging the hotels. Um, this is ongoing. 
the key requirement though is not just about the hotel saying they are interested in doing SHN, but we are also making sure that all the stringent requirements, the uh, precautions, the security measures, the control measures are in place before new hotels come forward to serve as SHN facilities. Because we also know that it's not just about longer is better. You, it, it's also about what happens in the hotel and if the you know, measures are not tight enough, you can easily have leaks in an SHN hotel. So we are working through uh, you know, the process of discussing, engaging the hotels, making sure that we have sufficient capacity and ensuring also that the uh, infection controls and the precautions and uh, security measures in these hotels are in place. Uh, just to perhaps to answer this, I apologize if I had misunderstood your question earlier. But Ministry of Health is working also with uh, uh, some of the hotel groups uh, and with Tan Tok Seng Hospital uh, to support them because uh, some of their staff uh, uh, have indicated that they would appreciate uh, perhaps uh, uh, some support for, for accommodation uh, at this time as they're working uh, additional hours uh, supporting the work to control the outbreak. And they want to have uh, some peace of mind knowing that they can uh, perhaps uh, stay away from the rest of the family members on an abundance of caution, not that because they have an increased risk to them, but really to give their own family members some peace of mind. Also, there have been some uh, reports we hear of, uh, of uh, healthcare workers uh, uh, being told that uh, they're not welcome uh, after the landlord found that they're working in Tan Tok Seng. And this is a concern for us because these workers are well, and they have committed a lot of time and energy to us looking after patients in Tan Tok Seng Hospital at this stage. So we endeavour also to support them, making sure that they have uh, support uh, and, and accommodation uh, through this difficult time when they are call, uh, being called up to, to, to do much more than, than, than what they would normally be expected to. Uh, this is uh, something where we, we as Singaporeans can also pull together to show support for healthcare workers. This happened again last year when we all came together uh, to uh, extend our appreciation for people who have been working long hours uh, without complaint in the hospitals looking after patients, uh, both with and without COVID-19 infection. And we ask that you also show your support then to Tan Tok Seng Hospital uh, and, uh, and to their workers uh, and also uh, 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 their welfare, uh, which is very important at this stage. Thank you, Minister DMS. Can we get the next question from CNA Digital? Jalila, please. Thank you. Um, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Thank you. Many of the additional measures being announced today take effect um, in a few days' time. If the risk is already here, uh, why not implement the changes immediately? And does the current situation mean there is a need to accelerate the vaccination program? Well, as I said just now, um, when you make these changes, there will always be some adjustments that are needed. Um, groups will have, the businesses will have to make adjustments. So we are giving some time for them to take, to make the necessary adjustments. Um, but we don't have to wait for the new rule to kick in. As I mentioned, all individuals, all of us can do our part and start minimizing our own activities and start to scale back 
stay home as much as possible. So that's a call out to everyone. Don't have to wait till 8th of May. Even starting tonight, we can all already scale back our activities. And the more we do so, the more we stay home, uh, the better the chance of reducing the spread of the infection. As far as the vaccination program is concerned, we will continue to do as much as we can. We have um, never held back our vaccination. Right? So, so, so long as supplies come in, we are rolling them out as quickly as we can. So the only um, sort of the, the, the key to get more people vaccinated is not so much on the supply side, but really the take-up rates. And that's why we also encourage everyone who is medically eligible to step forward if they have not done so, get a booking slot as soon as possible, and get themselves vaccinated. I should also emphasize that uh, while we are, uh, the eff uh, effective date is still a couple of days away, uh, we should not uh, go out and try to celebrate and try to squeeze in and uh, have a big powwow before the uh, measures come to effect. So as uh, Minister Wong uh, mentioned, highlighted, we should ex begin to exercise caution because the virus doesn't really respect rules. The virus will not wait until the, the effective date. So therefore, do what we can to minimize the risk of transmission. If we can stop, uh, uh, cut back our social, so, social activities, cut back our social contacts, all the more better. So I encourage everyone to exercise caution and vigilance, even as we approach the deadline of the implementation of these measures. Thank you, Ministers. We, are, we will now take the last three questions. Can we get the next question from ARD German TV? Sandra, please. Hi, have you for, thought about implementing a measure that China already has, uh, which is asking all incoming passengers to present uh, not only a PCR test, but uh, um, a blood test as well, so you can check on antibodies? Um, Actually, we have been doing that um, even earlier, not just today, we've been doing that earlier, particularly for the workers, the migrant workers coming in uh, in the CMP sectors, right? Uh, construction, marine and process, uh, because this will enable us to determine the level of antibodies, particularly for those who have been infected before, um, then we know, so we get a better sense of their status. So we have already been doing that and we will continue to do that for incoming travellers uh, so that we are not only relying on one test, which is the PCR to test for the presence of the virus, but also to test their antibody level. Um, but you haven't asked that uh, any other passengers. It's just uh, the, the migrant workers who do that at this point, right? That's right. So we are studying and we will consider whether or not to extend that further. Thank you, Minister. Can we get the next question from Tamil Morisu? Venga, please. Good evening, Ministers. Um, so uh, since the additional travel restrictions were put in place for the Indian uh, passengers, um, are there any numbers for the numbers of Singaporeans or PRs uh, trying to come into Singapore? And... Um, 
are there any further plans to help the situation in India? So today, the Indian cases um, crossed the 20 million mark. And uh, last week, um, 256 uh, oxygen cylinders were given. And before that, um, the Indian Air Force had actually come here to take four cryogenic tanks as well. So are there any further um, plans to help uh, the India uh, COVID situation? Thank you very much. Uh, I don't have the specific on the numbers, but they have come down significantly after we have uh, restricted travels. Now, there will still be a occasional uh, few coming back and mostly uh, entirely now because of the restrictions, only returning Singaporeans and PRs, very few, because the flights have also been curtailed. Uh, so, I, like I said, the numbers have come down. But if you talk about before the restrictions were put in place, like I, I, just to give a context, the numbers were always uh, very stable, right? And a large proportion of the flows from India were in the construction, marine, and process sectors. And that's, where, that's what the profile was like. And then after we put in the restrictions, uh, we tightened the inflow initially, and then we restricted all long-term pass holders and short-term visitors, that number has just dropped down quite significantly. Um, in terms of the situation in India, we, we, um, you know, our hearts go out to what's happening there and we recognise that it's an important issue because no country is safe until all of us are safe and therefore we all need to do our parts to support one another. So to the extent that we, we are con continuing in touch with our Indian counterparts, MFA is certainly uh, in touch with them, and to the extent that we can help, we will certainly do so. Thank you, Minister. We will now take the last question from Shinmin Daily News. Giggling, please. Hi, Ministers. Okay, so my question is, because I see from press release that um, there's a serial number for the reinfected cases like RI16, RI17, RI18, RI20. So I guess there's some kind of serial numbers being um, given to these reinfected cases. So how many reinfected cases uh, do we have now? And then are we now considered, can we already consider Singapore now is back to phase two? Yeah. Thank you very much for the question. I don't actually have uh, uh, the, the final number on number of reinfected cases, but we can make that available after we check and, and get a more accurate figure. We have a system of numbering all our cases. You realize uh, uh, on a daily basis when we issue our press releases, there will be a, a numbering system that comes on, and there's a numbering system for those who are uh, tested positive for uh, PCR tests, and when we have uh, imported cases coming in, we have a format for uh, looking at them, and, and here and also for reinfected cases. Uh, the numbers uh, when we present at uh, press releases may not necessarily come in uh, running order, and that's partly also because uh, as we identify cases, we give a number immediately, but as more details come up, as, as the test, other test results become available, uh, we may realize that these are old cases, these are uh, uh, not really re reinfected cases, but we don't necessarily then uh, restart the clock. We just remove those uh, 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 those uh, case numbers assigned to that particular patient, and then the next uh, available case number is assigned to the next uh, uh, person who fulfills that criteria down the road. Uh, so whatever you see on the press release, you know, if you see a number that says 20, 21, it doesn't necessarily mean that there are 21 cases, but it just means there were 21. Uh, individuals where numbers were assigned and then subsequently some of these cases may have been rescinded uh, as, as more information became available. But the exact numbers, I will we'll go back, we'll check and then we'll make that available uh, to the media. 
On the second part of the question, yes, we are effectively back at phase two. Uh, based on all the measures that I've just described, eight to five, the new limits, the new restrictions, effectively we are uh, positioning our measures as going back to phase two. Like I described earlier, there is a, word, a view uh, that based on the assessment of the situation today, the fact that we had gone out very quickly last week to tighten up, to identify the cases, the close contacts to get everyone tested, that the range of measures we have already put in place might be sufficient to contain the clusters. That's one view, right? And then based on that, we might be able to control the spread already. But we do not know, we will never know whether there are cryptic hidden cases that may have escaped our net. It's not possible to be 100% sure. So what we are proposing today and what we are announcing today is, in our view, a robust and preemptive move to tighten up across the board, reduce movement across the board, reduce interactions generally. And we believe that if we all do this well, we will have a much better chance of reducing the spread of the virus breaking the chains of transmission and controlling more outbreaks of clusters in our community. Thanks. Uh, I just want to conclude by saying that the situation remains quite fluid going forward over the next uh, few weeks. So we need to continue to monitor the situation. And we also have to expect that some of the measures need to be further adjusted as we go along, depending on how the landscape, how the situation evolves. So I urge the Singaporeans to bear with us, to be patient with us. As, as and when we will, uh, the situation evolves, we will need to continue to adjust the measures and we will keep Singaporeans updated on the situation as soon as we know uh, of the development. So thank you very much once again for joining us at this uh, press conference.